honest hockey talk and opinions. This is Penalty Box Radio. Live with Alex Doherty and Sean Smith on Smashville's best sports talk, 1025 and 1063 The Game and the Game Nashville app. And welcome to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group. Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate, and also brought to you by the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Ellensville. I'm your host, Alex Doherty. Joining me is Sean Smith. Sean, what's up? Ready to talk hockey. All right. Today on the show, the Predators sandwiched a nice Dallas road win around two baffling losses on home ice to the Calgary Flames and, and Anaheim Ducks. Almost called them the Mighty Ducks. Whoa. Not mighty Whoa. any longer. They were pretty mighty last night. They were mighty last night. Uh, well, what is going on with this team on home ice? It's truly strange. And uh, speaking of strange, UC Soros continues to struggle. We're going to talk about that. Mm. Halfway through the year, a little bit of time to maybe time to get concerned. And then uh, we're also going to talk about someone named Tyson Berry, who I believe plays defense. I've heard of him. For the Predators. Yeah. And then we're also going to have the three-on-three draft at the end of the show. But we start every show with the puck drop topic. Actually, before I give you that, don't forget, text the show, 615-737-1025, if you have questions or comments about the Nashville Predators, especially if you have any answers about what's going on with the team. Tell us secrets that you've learned. Yeah. Text in 615-737-1025. But the puck drop topic... Sean, do you think Amy Adams Strunk would fire Andrew Burnett at this point in the season? Yes. She's firing everybody. I think she wouldn't, but you know what? I think she would fire Barry Trotz. Wow. Because she likes to fire people. She would pick the most random person to fire, and she'd be like, that's the one that needs to go. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, she does fire a lot of people. She'd probably fire partner. She'd fire fire whoever's the most uh, popular person in the building. Yeah. She'd fire partner. She'd True. fire Barry Trotz. She'd fire Pecorine. Phil Forsberg, Pecorine. She'd tear down the statue. <laughs> She'd go out there and rip down the statue. Man, yeah. what a maniac. Oh, boy. All right, well, we're going to talk about hockey. That's the only uh, Titans-adjacent thing we're ever going to mention on this show. But let's talk about what happened because the last three games have been very strange. They had this this great Dallas win. Let's talk about that first because, I mean, they had just lost to the Dallas Stars, and that was a tough loss for them. Uh, I'm sorry. That was a t- that was a great win for them after having that t- tough loss. Uh, you know, the week prior, lo- losing in uh, the last second. But then, you know, I, I think that the fact that they had that great road win and then they come back home to play Anaheim and Anaheim has just had this trade. Everyone anticipated. Okay, this is where they build a little winning streak here, and that did not happen. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you. You know, we talked at the end of the last show about these three games that we just saw over the past week. You know, what did I think needed to happen? I said that I thought the Preds could win all three of them. I never in a million years would have expected this result. Maybe a loss here or there, potentially a loss in Dallas, but I felt like Calgary and Anaheim were, were pretty solid. You know, you could you could chalk those up as wins. Um, but for whatever reason, on home ice, losses. And then this big win in Dallas. Really, really shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Friday night, I'm sorry, the, the previous game of that was the Calgary game, so very similar. And both of these games just having uh, just have awful starts. I mean, like they, they had, let's see, let's pull it up. They, they were down 4-2 to two at the end of the first period against Calgary and uh, fought back valiantly but lost 6-3. to three. <laughs> And then in, against Anaheim, they were down 3 nothing. And yeah. And the McTavish goal, which we're going to talk about later, really kind of, putting the cap on in that first period because it was like 
I mean, if they're down one nothing, not a big deal. Two nothing against the Ducks, you think you can probably make that happen. But then you're down three nothing and you barely have anything going, and it's just like, man, this is just not going well. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you that was that was a rough one. That was a real rough one, and I I know that we're probably going to get into it a little heavier a little bit later. But mm-hmm. but man, I, you could just you felt like the uh, air was sucked out of that building. The team looked like it was defeated early, um, and it just it just felt like nobody like passes weren't connecting. Um, simple things like sticks weren't on the ice to receive a, a pass. It, it just it was bizarre, and and they had good chances, Alex. I mean, they had some good chances. There there were some decent performances. Uh, well, there Tomasino had a good game. I think he was all right at both yeah. ends. Yeah. Uh, uh, the 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 big one is that um, UC Soros did not I don't think played a, a very good game. We'll hear from what, some things he had to say about that later. Uh, but the the Anaheim game to me the the reason it stands out is because I, I really felt like uh, that might have been the worst the worst one so far the worst home loss. Yeah, I agree. The, I mean there there's also the I mean the and I think you have to think about it in context. I mean considering the opponent. You know, Anaheim was shorthanded in terms of they they lost Trevor Zegers early in the game. Yep. They didn't have Jamie Drysdale, their best young defenseman. Uh, they were starting their backup goaltender, although Lucas Do- Dostal looked pretty good. Um, man, like they they it, considering all that, and they get they lose six to six to three, five to three. What was the final score? Five to three. It was five to three. Yeah, five and, to three. And what's funny is that was all late game action. Like, oh yeah, very late game. Uh, too little, too late stuff. Yep. Garbage time goals, I guess you could say. I, I don't know. It, it's nice. Okay, they got a little bit of fight in them toward the end there, but the the beginning part of that game, you know, the first, I don't know, 50, 54 minutes, 53 minutes of that game, it was rough. And you say it's, it's the worst loss. I mean, you take a loss like the home loss to Dallas uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a heartbreaker. The game was closed. The Preds were up, and then right at the end of the game, Dallas comes back, ties it, then wins. I mean, it's you, know, you could consider that a bad loss because you kind of felt like that win was in the bag, foot off the gas at the end of the game. Yeah, Dallas capitalizes, but when you come out and you're very quickly down three zero, yeah, especially like you said against a team, the Ducks, they're not very good. I I will say I said at the beginning of the season. The Ducks were a better team than they had been. I don't know what happened. It's like the wheels fell off. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just the results on the ice. I mean, they're the 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 splits at home are not great. They're not awful in terms of the record. They're, for example, they are uh, at home overall. They are uh, actually. Hang on, let me. I think I'm, I don't think I'm looking at this right. Uh, okay, <laughs> there we go. Uh, home record when scoring first. Wait a minute. I thought I had it. I don't have it anymore. Basically, the, the the record home in a way is not terrible, but the the on ice play, and that's I think what is is bigger issue. The bigger issue for most people is different. So I was looking at this according to Natural Stat Trick. When they're at home, their expected goals share. In other words, their the number of chances that they really generate for their team versus the number of chances they generate that are generated by the other team. 51%, 51.5%, which is 15th in the league, so like average. Okay. But away, it jumps up to 52.5%, which is 7th. So they're wow. like a top 10 team away. Okay. They're an average team at home. 
Kind of weird, right? That, well, why? It's baffling. Yeah, it is. It is very weird. I don't know, but we'll we'll talk a little bit more about it, and we're also going to talk about UC Soros because that is a big thing going on right now. I'll tell you some stuff that I talked to him about today. Give you some insight on. Or give give everyone some insight on maybe something that's happening. I, I it, it, it there's no there's no real answer here, but I, I I did talk to him today and got a little bit of a feel for some things that are happening. But uh, so we'll we'll talk about that later. But I I, I think the the bigger thing is. There's something happening with UC Soros that we need to talk about, and I, I don't think any of us knows the, the true answer, right? I mean, it's just goaltending is a little bit confusing at times. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Nashville, if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, look no further than Salas Realty Group. Salas is not just about property. They're about people. They build long-lasting relationships that are about you, your needs, and your dreams. Salas Realty Group stands for trust, transparency, and community. They're committed to making a positive impact in Middle Tennessee, one home at a time. If you're ready to make a move, visit Salas Realty Group today and experience real estate the Salas way. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group and the Nashville Spartans. Sean, are you aware of the goaltender named UC Soros? <laughs> I've heard. I've heard I've heard rumors and legends. That, that was me is... that was me delaying trying to get my document pulled back up. Okay. Well tell. it was a I've I've heard of them. <laughs> uh so let's talk about UC Soros as we talked about before uh, the break. Um th- there are some there are some real signs that this year has not been a good one for him. Uh I think we all kind of knew we we know that the deal with him is uh about a slow start versus, you know, how he is by the end of the year. Right. We've, but, we've dealt with that for a while. But we're well beyond that, right? I mean, I, it, I it think we are. does not seem like we're at slow start anymore. No. it's This is uh, this is the middle of the season. We're at we're the halfway point here, I believe, right? At 41 games yep. out of 82. Yep, just had it. Just yeah. had the halfway point. If you want to claim a slow start, it's it's well past time. So... I was I did I did a couple dives into uh, some one thing that you know last night it looked like we were well on our way to seeing yet another early early curtain right yeah. he's been UC Soros has been pulled from games early for performance not injury five times this year I thought we were gonna have the sixth last night I was I was thinking it would head that way after the first yeah I was it, really surprised to see him come back out for the second I'm I'm glad that they did I think it was probably good for him to stick it out. But and he, he, I think it was proven that, you know, he played better in the final twenty minutes. I mean, I don't know, yeah, how much he really needed to. But because um, the first, the first year or the first game that he was pulled this year was Edmonton, and then Minnesota, and then Vancouver, Carolina, and then most recently Calgary. Okay, so that is five times. Yeah, he has never been pulled that many times in a previous season. Wow. Um, the most he got pulled in a, in a season, most times he got pulled, again, for, for, for performance, not injury. Right. Three times in the 21-22 season. So this is the um, the season where he was third in the Vezina voting. Right. The, the year with the 240-goal scorers. Yeah. You know, playing Colorado in the first round. He got pulled three times that year, which is surprising. And actually, a few of them were late in the season. Hmm. Uh, a, a couple of games in April. Before that, he had a couple games in 2021, 20, one game in 1920, two games in 18. He's he's been pulled 14 times total. Five and of them five have been this have been year in, in the first half of this season. Exactly. This is this is a different Soros than we're used to seeing. Yeah, seems like it, right? Well, 
again, the stats don't lie here. Mm-hmm. Something different is happening. Something else is going on. Do you have any ideas on what it could be, Alex? Well, I, not not exactly. So I, I talked to Saros today, and uh, really, actually, I was asking him about one thing that they've been doing a lot recently, I've noticed, at practices, is um, Ben Vanderklok and the other goalie coach, I don't know, I forget his name, uh, would go out there with a, you know, a tablet, like a an iPad kind of right. thing, and are filming him as he's doing some sort of a drill, and yeah. either, usually the drills are lateral movement kind of related, like... Someone's, someone digs a puck out from behind the net, sends it to the front, and gets a shot. And so he has to move laterally from one side to the other and make a save, that kind of thing. Right. It's not usually just like, you know, taking slap shots or something. It's usually where he has to do a lot of movement. And so I've noticed that. So I asked him about it today, uh, just kind of what they're looking for, what, what, are they, what are they using for that. And he said, you know, they do it, you know, they're kind of looking at everything, looking at all the details that go with that particular moment, posture, kind of the whole package is what he said. Okay. And I asked him, does he find that helpful? He said, yeah, it's really good. Sometimes you might feel one thing during a moment or, or see one thing in a moment, but then later you realize on watching on slow-mo that it, it, you see it maybe a little differently, and so it can help you there. And then I asked, like, have they been doing that more this year or more previously? And he said, it feels like that they've been doing a little bit more and doing it more during practice than in previous years. Uh, I noticed at the uh, during preseason, I noticed that they were doing this with Eskarov as well. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. I, was, I thought it was interesting they, that you mentioned that because I hadn't really noticed that at practice. But if if they're doing that, then yeah, they, they've been doing that since before the season started. They, they've always done it, right? I mean, you've seen them out there doing it. Yeah, they did it with Askarov. They've done it with all the goalies over the years. They did it with Pekka. I mean, like it was it's not a not an uncommon thing. Right. But I was just wondering if they'd done it more and if they'd done it more during practice like during the season it's kind of more of training camp or like right. an extended break kind of thing and uh I, based on his answer i think yeah they have been doing it more i think it's more it's probably not uh, so i guess what i'm trying to say is i think the goalie coaches recognize it too okay well that, I, that's fair i think they're recognizing that this is there's something else going on they're trying to find what's happening they're trying to figure out what's exactly going on with them right now so I don't think it's just, you know, uh, us watching and, and having an overreaction to something. Right. I think there is something happening. Okay, and and let me let me say this. I, I think historically about the goaltender situation and talking about Pecorine, Pecorine, he was quite tall, Alex. I don't know if <laughs> yeah. you knew this or not, but he, he was. was he was a rather still is a rather tall man. Yes, he still is. Yeah. He, he didn't he lose towers, he didn't lose feet or anything. Towers over people and you know when you're a big tall goalie you've got a lot more body and reach and stuff that you can throw around out there in the crease to to block shots the the big uh ding against sorrows and that people always want to point out is the size one of the things they talk about is how precise he is with especially his lateral movement mm-hmm. and how that's something that he he doesn't have a lot of wasted you don't see him flailing as much as you would see maybe a larger goalie do it because they know they have more Uh, more length or more width or whatever you know bigger pads I don't know to block those shots is do you think this is something where his mechanics are starting to slip a little bit where he's gotten a little bit older um uh I think um I don't think it's an age thing okay I I do I I, well I but I can't I can't I can't say that it's not an age thing and then have another option 
use could be more of a I would be more inclined to believe use than and not not use as in UC but use as in too much of it. Uh, well, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> but that, but that's, that's been something, it's been a criticism you've heard, is mm-hmm. that you know, they seem to be riding sorrows pretty hard throughout yeah, he's, last he's, season. And it's, season. Not, and it's not even like time, it's like shots-wise. I mean, it, it, every year, the last two, three years, I think, he's always been like the either the top or the number two or three. Shots-faced. In shots-faced, yeah. right. So it's not just, he's getting... Not only is he playing a lot of games, but he's getting a lot of work out there. Well, you right? know, and, and we just talked about a, a shutout he had with what twenty nine saves, and they all looked like they were pretty easy. Was that the easiest shutout you've ever had? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. You know, yeah. The the more shots that you have to to face uh, mm-hmm. any given night, that's that was more. Chicago. That's more movement you have to do. That's more, you know, uh, quick twitch muscle reaction you have to have. That's going to you know wear you down. And when you're facing 29 shots that are all pretty simple it's not that big of a deal but if you are facing a heavy barrage of of cannon fire it's going to wear you down yeah and he's been definitely taking a lot of that i i don't i don't know that um i don't know that it means anything like about his potential about the rest of his career that's anything to worry about i I mean i think he's also just like you have these you have these stretches right i mean right in addition to he's had a lot of use over the last few years, he's you know he's just not he's not having a good go of it. I asked him also, um, you know, I asked him if he feels physically good to go. You know, I, I, I you know, you don't want to ask specifically like how is your, you know, how's your ankle, how's your how's your hand, you know, like I, I just kind of was trying to get a feel for like how overall health wise how are you yeah. feeling, and he says like great. I mean, he he didn't say. He he just is kind of just keeping. He wants to keep working hard and trust that in the long run it all works out. Uh, and also, I asked him about. Oh wait, I also asked him about the coaching changes. Like, or the coaching change. Like, was that a part potential growth obstacle? And he really just didn't. He's not really worried about that. He 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 just you know the defensive cha- the defensive changes in front of him the the. I, I don't think that's it either. I mean, I didn't get a sense that, like, there's any problems there. So. I, I don't think so either. No. I, I mean, you know, the goalie's back there. They're there every game. Usually they're there 60 minutes, sometimes a little less, sometimes yeah. a little more. Uh, they, they've got to defend shots. It doesn't matter who's in front of them. It, it shouldn't change a lot unless you just got somebody taking away your eyes, and that doesn't seem to be happening. So I think the the ultimate answer here would be what you hinted at, and and that is – that he's just been used a lot, and he's got a lot of. He, he's he's thirty now. Is that what old he is now? I, All right, thirty. I, <laughs> uh, I don't I don't keep that information in, in like just on speed dial in my head. Okay, he, he's know. no. I'm sorry. He's twenty eight. Twenty eight. Trying to, not trying to add years to him. Twenty eight now. Uh, but I, you know, maybe he plays. He's got the the mileage of like a thirty year old or a thirty for thirty one year old, right? I mean, so it's like because he's been used so much over the last five yeah. years, and he started. He started starting very early in his mm-hmm. career compared to a lot of goalies, I yeah. think. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So, yeah, mean, for he's sure. Got, he's got the wear and tear of a 30-year-old. Goal. I also asked him about the McTavish goal last night So because that was just like, if you watch that again, if you watch the replay of that, boy, he did not look comfortable in that play. It was, it was awkward. Yeah, very awkward. It was on the power play. McTavish gets the puck on to his, to his glove side. At a pretty sharp angle, yeah. and I asked him what you know. What was it about that play that gave him problems? 
And he said it was really actually the hesitation. So when McTavish gets the puck, he doesn't shoot it right away. Yeah. He kind of collects it a little bit and, and waits and then picks that that corner. That hesitation made made Soros think that he was going pass. Mm. And because of the angle was so sharp, too. Like, yeah. he thought he was going to pass it. So you said he was kind of getting ready to reload to go to the other side or to, to come back to the middle. Yeah. And that kind of left that top open. So, you know, I, I, that he said that's kind of what happened there. And, um, you know, guys, he said, that's the league now. Players are so good. They can, yeah. if you leave those spots open, they will find them. He's, he's not so, wrong. Yeah. So uh, I think after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about um, one defenseman on the team who might not be here much longer, uh, Tyson Berry. We're going to break down uh, what, what's going on with the Tyson Berry situation. As we look ahead to the next Predator showdown, it's the perfect time to plan your future in Nashville. Salus Realty Group is ready to assist, ensuring your real estate goals are met with the determination of a playoff chase. Visit salusrealtygroup.com and let's start mapping out your game plan. Salus Realty Group, where every closing is a championship victory. Join the Nashville Spartans, the hockey sensation of the city. Experience thrilling games, family-friendly fun, and unity. Visit NashvilleSpartansHockey.com slash tickets, select your game, and use promo code PBR50 for an exclusive 50% discount when checking out. Don't miss the excitement. Be a part of Spartans Hockey today. Folks, welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, brought to you by Salas Realty Group and, of course, the Nashville Spartans. Alex, uh told you he teased that it was time to talk about a certain predators defender that may not be here much longer he said his name was is it tyson time it's tyson time look we've had tommy. we've had tommy time we had tommy gus, talk tommy talk yeah we had we had some gus chat gus chat and now it's it's tyson time tyson time it's tyson time right. look let, let me let me give you the lowdown on a few things here. Tyson Berry came to the Predators at the end of last season, the trade deadline, and a trade with the Edmonton Oilers for Matthias Ekholm. Now, everybody talked when he came to the team that more than likely he wouldn't be around for long anyway, that he was most likely a, a piece to be traded away the next season. So it's, it's not totally surprising that this is a thing that's come up, uh, especially with the coaching change and new coach, uh, new approach to the game. But Tyson Berry... Uh, Basically, from what we can tell, requested a trade back in very early December. Um, I wouldn't say that he just came out and said, I would like to be traded to another team. It seemed like there was some behind-the-scenes stuff with maybe an agent uh, making uh -huh. a statement somewhere along those lines. Um, but but that was back in, in early December. He, he kind of disappeared for a while. Like They sat him. It kind of seemed like maybe they didn't want him to get injured. They were going to make a trade. And then, mysteriously, he played in eight games since that started his last game being december 23rd which was the dallas heartbreaker um and now he is listed as day-to-day -day with an upper body injury since december 28th but he's been skating he's been skating now uh, when, when you've been at practice and he's been skating has he just been out there by himself just lonely on the ice skating in circles slowly and sadly i was exaggerating on that but yes <laughs> i know <laughs> but or is he participating with the team? Oh, today he was full participant. Yeah, he was with the team today. I mean, um, the first time he came back, which was Tuesday, he didn't skate much. He he, he wasn't. It was an optional skate, anyways. But right. Um, I'm sorry. That was that was yesterday. But today at the full practice, he's there the whole time and he participating. So like, I, and I'm. Well, 
trying to think of what I can and can't say. But basically, he's he's. I would not say that he is. A, he does not have an injury designation anymore. I don't think. Okay. Uh, as as far as I can tell, he's listed a as a healthy scratch. Well, he hasn't been officially listed as a healthy scratch yet. Okay. No. Um. Well, yes. Go ahead. I mean, I, and I don't need you to. We don't need to say anything. We don't need to say here. It's just, yeah. I, well, and also, I we don't. We also honestly don't know. I yeah, mean, like, there's a lot we don't know here. We will get some kind of update. You right. Know, like this right. person's been cleared to play. Exactly. This person's you know upper body injury day to day, four to six weeks, two to three weeks. We we get those kinds of things. It's just kind of been like uh, there's there's really no news. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no news, but there, there's also like kind of side news. Like, there's not any official news, but right. I, I would think that it is news that he is skating and kind of a full participant now. Yeah. I will be very interested to see what happens Friday. If he's, it's, I mean, Friday he's either going to be a healthy scratch or I don't know, maybe not on the team anymore because <laughs> they're going to trade him before then. Or he could play. I don't. I don't see that happening. You don't. Okay. I, so, so here's the thing. This is what we got to figure out. And we're going to use this segment. Like, what's going on? Like, what's the story here? Okay. This, okay. Go ahead. Here's here's my thought. Let's give. Yeah. Let's, let's give your thought. Tommy time. Uh, Tyson time. Tyson time. Tyson time. Tyson All right. Time. Let's go back to Coach John Hines. He was the coach up until the end of last season. Yeah. And I remember there. You know, there had been some kind of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Some. Shenanigans Some going shenanigans, on. Shenanigans uh, back with with Kyle Turris b- before <laughs> all of this happened with Hines, and and so when Hines came in, there were a lot of questions like, so when you sit a player, what's that process like? He was very transparent. Oh about yeah, it. yeah. He's very transparent about it. He says when when you sit a player, uh, we kind of give him an expectation. This is what you need to work on. We check uh-huh. in with them. We update them. It's not a situation where they're they know ahead of time. They, we let them know, hey, you know, you're not going to play tonight. Don't expect to play. Here's what you need to do to get back on that roster. Now, with with Brunette, or, or with Hines still, there's a lot of criticism that John Hines didn't really like to sit his veterans. Yeah. In that he would much rather play a veteran that may not be producing very well as opposed to playing a younger player who has more offensive potential. That was a big criticism, I felt like. Now, with Brunette, he doesn't seem to be afraid to sit whoever he needs to sit. Right. Would you agree with that? Uh, no. I, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I would definitely agree with that. Um, I, and I don't. I don't think that. Well, I. I. I don't think it's really a, any big secret at this point that you know why he's not playing. Oh, I'm not talking about why. He's, I mean, okay. why? Why did the situation come about in the first place? Oh. Okay. That's that's. Oh, kind I, of what I I'm see. It. So it's we're kind not, of revisiting that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I. I don't know. I think that's probably. Uh, I don't think it's one of those things where I don't think we'll ever really know. No, probably not. Like because I, I think it's I think you're right. I think it, it definitely I would agree with you that 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 Andrew Burnett basically said you know you're not playing the way I want you to play and uh, so we're not going to play you and Tyson Berry did not react well to that. I, I don't think he yeah. liked as a veteran yeah. and he is a longtime veteran of the league. I don't think he liked being scratched. I think he expected to play every night. I think he expected to be treated differently than say. Some of the the way some of the younger players are being treated, and yeah. Of course, with brunette, no one is immune, and I I think that you know if you're looking at that from a fan of the team perspective, that's what you want, right? Uh-huh. You hear fans complain a lot when they think certain players need to be sat, and it doesn't mean they're always right, but it doesn't mean they're always wrong. There are a lot of criticisms with Hines not sitting players, yeah, and he stuck to his guns, but brunette seems willing to do it. So so here's here's the thing. He's on an expiring contract. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, right? He has trade value. I mean, he's 
He's a serviceable defender. Yeah, yeah. He of course he has trade value. Where can he go? Well, <laughs> that's a great question. Like that, that's that's the problem right now. It's just like you know you have this valuable thing. I mean, it's not like super valuable, but there's value in Tyson Berry and. Yeah. I I just there's not a lot of the the math because of this whole thing with the long term IR that teams are using people are just up against the cap and they can't do anything until they, they really the teams have there's so few teams that have actual you know the ability to move money like this I think that that's the problem right now and that's why we're in the situation now this injury this recent injury probably didn't help because. Teams don't necessarily want to trade for him if they don't know what the injury is. Yeah, you don't want to trade for a hurt player. Yeah, it, but, I mean, unless, well, I don't think they can do that. I think that's a different issue. But it's just, there, there's only a few teams that can even trade for him right now. And the teams that would want to trade for him, teams like Toronto or Colorado or the Rangers or the Kings or the Avalanche that might be interested are... Neck deep in long term IR yeah. money yeah. and and cash poor right now. There's not a lot of not a lot of space out there. And I, and I guess my other question is, and I, I want your take on this: when you have a player who maybe has kind of put this trade thing out there, willed it into existence via, say, their agent, mm-hmm. something like that, they're not reacting well to being benched for their play. Does that lower their trade value? Does that make them a little bit riskier of an asset to that you're willing to acquire? Um. Ah, uh, probably not. No, pro- pro- probably not. I, I, w- I would. I think they'd probably. Well, I think they're gonna look at it however they want to look at it. I think they'd probably think, well, he wants to play, and that's the kind of player we want. We want a guy that wants to be out there. So I think they'll they'll convince themselves either way. Yeah. I think they. All, I think all. And the other thing is, I don't, no one is acquiring Tyson Berry to become their top guy. No. They're acquiring him to be a bottom pairing guy, or they're a, a mid a depth piece. Right. That's why I think. He would be perfect at like Colorado or or Toronto or or Los Angeles or or the Rangers. I mean, De- Devils. I think might might be interested. I don't know, but I, so I I think those teams would be would be fine with him and probably wouldn't care about any attitude issues because they only have him for this half season. You know what do you what do you think you could get back uh, at this point? Probably not a lot. Uh, well, because that's the problem. Like the the value in his trade is hampered by the situation with the money right. because they have to take on about 2 million cuz it's four and a half cap hit but we're halfway through the season so it's like two two and a quarter of money and uh, a lot of these teams don't have that and so you're either going to have to take on money back or retain which I know pred- the predators don't want to do cuz that would be another retained salary so you're they're either going to have to get another third team involved or I mean I think if they got a third team involved to take on some cap, then the Predators are going to have to send like something to them. Yeah. They're going to have to take maybe they get a third and then have to give up a fifth or something to this other team that's willing to take on the cap. So you think there there'd be draft picks involved? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it would have to be. Alex, speaking of draft picks, coming uh-huh. up on the next segment. I'm very excited about this. We are going to have our 3 on 3 draft we after are. After we do a little bit of preview of the next games coming up for the Predators. That's right. Um, so stay tuned for that. And, uh, folks, the show's almost over. But your real estate journey is just beginning. With Salus Realty Group, you're always on the winning team. Their dedication to clients is as relentless as the Preds on a power play. Lace up for your real estate play at salusrealtygroup.com. Salus Realty Group, where every deal is a hat trick. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group and the Nashville Spartans. 
We are in our final segment of this week's show. Sean? Alex? We got to preview some games here before we get to the fun fun part of the final segment. But uh, the Predators, uh, we just found out, will not practice tomorrow. They had a big old practice today. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you about that in a second. I, I'll tell you one thing that happened is kind of funny. Uh, but they they will that means they will travel to Dallas tomorrow to take on, but one day ahead of taking on the Stars on Friday night, then they will come back home for a really quick matchup with the Islanders on Saturday, and then they head out for a three game West Coast trip where they take on Vegas and someone else, a couple other teams in there, right? I think that they play San Jose. Uh, let's see it. They got Vegas and they got Los Angeles and they got Arizona and oh, they come no back San home okay. for one game and then they go back on the road for three more games. So they're doing a lot of road games coming up here. Yeah. Uh, so at practice today, they had uh, uh, kind of a big one. I mean, it was a long practice and they did their, uh, basically their equivalent of a bag skate. Put, put this out there on social media, but it's not really what you'd expect of as a bag skate, but it's it's kind of their yeah. It's the best it's the closest thing you're gonna have to that at the NHL level. Right. I mean they do like this kind of routine like each position has a certain path to go. Yeah. And they have to do this whole thing as a group. They obviously all have to stay together and they do it four times. And um it looks exhausting. And this is after an hour practice yeah. and they gotta go full speed and all this stuff. And it looks very exhausting. But uh and you know, some of them came off the ice and looked a little tired and everything, but Philip Tomasino comes off the ice, and he plops down, and I was like, Phil, per- tough skate out there. And he just said, and he just was like all smiles, and he was like, it was great. And I was like, oh, was it? He was like, yeah, I loved it. It was awesome. And he was very, he was being genuine. He was not being sarcastic or anything. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, it wasn't that bad. And he was like, no, it's great. It's, you know, it's uh, it's going to help us. You know, he was very positive about this. That's, that's great. This, like, um you know, attempt at making them tired at the end right. as a semi-punishment, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, that was interesting. He wasn't the he wasn't the only one that had that attitude. He's the only he was the one that stuck out to me. So. I just think I think that's that's nice when you have that though. I mean, it, it's yeah, you know, uh, conditioning's a big part of this game. And yeah. if, if you're not in good condition, you can't can't keep up. So get him right. skating, get him skating hard, skating and skating hard. Okay, it's time to kick off today's three on three draft. Let's do it, Sean. Okay. It is time for our three-on-three draft, and this week we are drafting bar fight moves. Oh, man. So here's how this works. Let's say that you're in a, a bar. Okay. And uh, some yahoo is looking at you wrong. Oh, man. He wants to start something. Oh, boy. Trouble's brewing. Trouble's brewing. Maybe uh, maybe he, he looked at your lady wrong or Ooh. he uh, said something out of line to the bartender. Oh, man. <laughs> Talked about your mama. I oh, don't know. No. And you gotta you gotta fight this guy. So you're gonna draft, Sean, your bar fight moves. What are your when you're in a bar fight, what okay. are your your go to moves? I've I've done a lot of research on this. <laughs> I watched the movie Roadhouse Did you? Okay. seven times. Um <laughs> seven times today? No. Just Wow. That'd be, that'd be devotion. Well, it's a it's a it's a good movie. There's a lot of philosophy in it. That's, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and tell you I haven't seen Roadhouse. Well, that's a shame. You don't know what you're missing bet, out on. I bet that means I'm gonna lose. Uh, who goes first this time? I think it's my turn to go okay, first. Okay, well, go first, Alex. All right, my my first move is gonna be the beer bottle smash over the head. Okay. I just I grab the beer bottle, full preferably, just for yep. more of a show. I grab the beer bottle and I smash it on his head. That's my first pick. 
Okay, that that's a good pick. That was on my list. Yeah. I, I will have you know. Uh, but I want to go with mine. And this one, as much as I love Roadhouse, it doesn't come from Roadhouse. It comes from another show, but this can be used in a bar fight. It is a full Walker, Texas Ranger-style roundhouse kick to the face. That is good. So, now, uh, it's been a while since I've seen the show. I did see it a few times as a kid. Is that where... I mean, I know what a roundhouse is. Well, first of all, you're wearing, like, boots, right? So this is like a kick to the face. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to kick somebody in the face wearing some Adidas. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a quote right there. Never kick someone in the face with Adidas. Yeah. I mean, you got to have boots. some boots on. Yeah. Come on. Um, that's a good one. I think it's a solid pick. That's a kind of a like a uni- universal go-to Walker Texas Ranger style. Now, yeah. is there, are there different styles? I, I don't know. I just okay. I just wanted to mention Walker. Is it like Texas a Bruce Ranger. Lee roundhouse kick versus? There, there probably is. Okay. I don't know. It's yeah. just it's fun to talk about Walker Texas okay. Ranger. That's another quote right there. All right, so my second pick is a single leg takedown. Oh, hey, right. that's good. So, like, that's an actual wrestling term, right? A single yeah, leg takedown. That's, that's good. We like so, it. so this is where you know I've smashed him in the in the head with a beer bottle. Right. Hopefully, stunning him and dizzying him so he so. doesn't even know what to do next. I hope so. And then I've got to incapacitate him. I, I'm not a very large gentleman. Right. I, I I don't have a lot of you know mass to deal with. So I've got I've got to get the upper hand. Right. I've yeah. I've got to get this guy down. You've got to get the higher ground. I've got to get the higher ground. Right. And so if I, I you go in and you just grab one leg, lift it up, and lean them over, and then you kind of you, you crash them to the ground, right? Now you can do this without falling yourself, but I'd, I'd probably have to just land on top of him, I guess. Does that make sense? What kind of fight is this? I'm just I, I'm just saying I, I don't know. I'm you you got to stay up. Well, okay, I'll try to. I'll I'll, I'll work on it. But th- that's my second move: is a single leg takedown. Of, of this guy. You, you fall down on top of the guy, you're in a vulnerable position. Well, I'm swinging, too. I'm not just falling on no, top. I'm, I'm punching. That's you know, true. I'm, Some yeah. ground and pound, right? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Exactly. All right. Okay. Okay. My next pick. My next pick. So it's kind of tough. I was really looking at that broken bottle smash. Um, and really, you know, you said to smash the <laughs> bottle over the head. I was thinking smash the bottle on the bar, stab the guy with it, oh, right? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> We're getting into manslaughter territory. <laughs> You're not going to go hard. Why okay, go at all? all right. I don't know. By the way, we're assuming we don't have any weapons here, right? This is assuming no, no. Okay, well, I didn't know maybe, we were supposed to maybe, assume that. Maybe not. What kind of you should you shouldn't go to the bar without? No, I mean like I, I guess what I'm saying is like no no guns or anything. Like you don't you didn't come into the bar packing, right? No, well, not a okay. gun. Okay, I mean, but all right, there is a weapon involved in this one. Uh, since we can't do any. You know, smashy cutty with the with the bottle there because you've already taken. Oh, it. right, right. I say you break out your switchblade and you just stone cold stab a guy. So you did bring a weapon into this bar. Well, yeah. <laughs> Have you been to this bar before, Alex? It's rough. <laughs> okay, so you brought a switchblade. Now yeah. let's. But I, I think I'm gonna. I, I think I'm gonna call foul on this. I think you need well, you need something else that's not a weapon. <sighs> well, what is a broken beer bottle? Okay. An accessory. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you have it. I'll okay. let you have it. All right. My my third pick. You might not like this one. Okay. Run. Run out of the bar. I mean, it's fight or flight, That's right? me. That's me. Okay. I am not a fighting kind of guy, but I will, I mean, if I have to, I will smash the beer bottle, I'll take him down, and I'm gone. I'm running out. That's that's fair. And, you know, if, if we want to go with a 
move like that to close it out. I've got one that I, I've lifted from another source. Okay. Um, I have some very violent, aggressive things listed here. I, I'm not going to use them. Okay. Well, I, we, we can hear them. We can do some honorable mentions. Some, we're some going, we're going to go with, with a move that I learned from Homer Simpson. All right. You ready okay. for it? Yeah, yeah. As the guy approaches you, you scream like a woman. Okay. And then you fall down in the fetal position until he's so disappointed and ashamed of you that he turns around to walk away. Okay. And then it's time to kick some back. I am so stunned right now. Why, why is this a, far, a bar fight move? <laughs> well, why is running away a bar okay, fight Okay, all move? right. I mean, so you're, wait, you're, you kind of drafted mine. No, you're not running away. You oh, kick okay. them in the back as okay. they walk away, but you have to get them to walk away first. Okay, got it, They're got it. They're disgusted with you. You're like, you're so I weak. See. You're laying on the ground, you know, crying. So you're humiliating yourself. It's like a, it's like a bear. They're like, I'm disgusted, and they turn around to walk away, and then when they turn their back, you you're making it so back. okay. You're yeah. making it so that they don't even want to fight you anymore because yeah. they're just they're right. You call that kick some back. Okay. So, you, oh wait, you're standing back up and kicking them. Well, yeah. I mean, oh, they've okay. turned around. I mean, they've, I see, they've I see. lowered their guard. You got to take advantage. It. This is way too complicated of a bar fight move. Well, I I'm didn't know say. we were going with run, but if we were going to do a, a my a other move where it's to just get out of there, my right? other option would have been uh, uh, the bar stool crack. Yeah. That's like, a good one. Crack them over the back with that. I had that on my list. I also had a headbutt. Okay. An eye gouge. Eye gouge. See, all of these have been good. Yeah, these are good. But I think since yeah. you since you went with the uh, the coward's way of running, okay. I would also give you a cowardly move of kicking someone in Got the back it. after they walk away. All right, so I have the single leg takedown, the beer bottle smash, and run. You have the Walker Texas Ranger roundhouse kick, the switchblade, and then uh, some sort of kick them in the back thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that one. All right, who wins? You know what? I'm going to have to go with Alex here. All right. Why do I win? Which one was which one which one won it for me? You know, the beer bottle smash, it's kind of it's iconic. It's iconic. It's it like is. that's what you think of. It is a good one. I had a, I, I, it's good that I had the first pick. I, I almost didn't go with that with one that. first actually. No, you went with the right one first. Yeah. You took a big one off the board. All right, that does it for the three-on-three draft, and that does it for our show. Thank you very much for listening to Penalty Box Radio Live. We appreciate you every week. Uh, We will cover the Nashville Predators next week, not on Wednesday, but on Thursday, Thursday. January 18th. So the Predators, um, there's a conflict next Wednesday with with the station, so we'll be on the air leading into the Preds game against Vegas. So Thursday the 18th. At 7, 7 p.m., we will go, and then the pregame for the Predators at Vegas Golden Knights will start at 8, and then the game is at 8.30. So next Thursday, January 18th, is our show. Again, thank you so much. Sean, have a good night. Oh, I'll do my best, Alex. You okay. have a good night as well. All right. We'll see everyone next week.